another Debating Debates debatable episode with Nina and Kyle. I'm Nina. I'm Kyle. And today we're going to talk about something we both have a lot of feelings about. I just came from a tournament so my feelings for this are extra, extra, extra strong. <laughs> extra fresh and extra strong. We're going to talk about the fixation on winning. So why do you think this is important to talk about, Kyle? What's your experience with this? Well, for me, one of my most memorable experiences at a pep talk was this time when someone said, well, my coach said, oh, just go have fun. But winning is fun so go win so you can have fun and like it's it stuck with me because am I really having fun or am I just having fun because I'm winning mm. so like I've always had this feeling that the moment I stop winning reliably is the moment I just fall out of love with debating and like I've come to learn that like I've come to learn that that's not the way that I think it's supposed to be at least personally because it's not something that you can control like you can't control how others will see you you can't control how others will make their speeches but what you can control is how well you speak and the things that you say so I I personally have a lot of feelings about how much fun in debating that we ascribe to winning for me it's because I guess I'm a bit more active in the circuit than Kyle is in general and I, I get to see how competition and the strive to win brings out both the best and the worst in people. So, I I love debate. I love the fact that there's a winning aspect to it. But I also don't like what it does to people. I also don't like what it did to me at one point. So, a lot of this episode will also be a bit of self-reflection as to what we've done because of what wanting to win, what we see other people do. This is therapy. (laughs) This is therapy. It's therapy. And basically what we think the mindset should be. Obviously, we're not ascribing that we're the experts on this. But, I guess we do have a lot of experience we wish to share. So um, I guess, but wasn't this emotion before? Mm, like recently? Yeah. Um, this house regrets the fixation on winning debates. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my motion in a recent tournament in Asia. So it was Asia Debate Open. It was in Guangzhou. And we had this in the finals. And it was a controversial motion because you don't see a lot of debates where you're forced to talk about yourself. Right. And I feel like a lot of debaters were put on the spot having to defend their strive to win or defend the bad things they've done because of winning. And it was just yeah. really, really fun to watch. Well, I think you know, in general that it is so much more difficult to sort of examine yourself than it is to examine like things that you can easily read about. That's true. Yeah, so I, I think that's the reason why it is so easy to get uncomfortable in those kinds of debates. Alright, Um. so I want to divide this sort of variety episode into five parts. Basically, how does the fixation on winning affect one, how we debate, two, how we judge and how we train our judges, three, how we treat our judges and score them, four, how we view other debaters and what the debate community now looks like because of this culture of competition and lastly how we treat ourselves which I think is kind of important because like a mental health sort of angle yeah um, it's so easy for people to burn out and get tired of debating because we fixate so much on winning so I guess for the first one winning in terms of how it affects debate is pretty obvious I guess like even our previous episode is using false matter using false matter in order to win or just making things up making it seem logical in order to win yeah so that's a testament to what wanting to win has forced us to do it's also led to people using personal attacks sometimes in rounds Um, it's also led to um, in certain times behavior being undesirable people actively trying to intimidate new members or newcomers to debate Mm. oh yeah like laughing at laughing at your opponents like to psych them out or something yeah well okay I, I just like to talk about a little bit myself here because I do laugh a lot during debates but I never ever laugh at other people I only laugh because I'm having fun and I think some things that they say are amusing but not because I think they're wrong 
it, it's just that like it, it reminds you of something funny that I once thought about. So and I'm I'm bringing this up because lots of people do it intentionally, and I have been accused of doing it intentionally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but but it's also led to such a weird way of training for debate. So. Like I've I've heard some people teach their their students how to actively intimidate others, how to psych others out. I've also taught them. And I didn't teach them. I, I've also heard how others would teach others about the politics of debating, like how to build clout, for example. And personally, I've done my fair share of clout building in a way, like posting on social media, hyping my team up. Um. But, but that's also because you just wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I just like hi- hyping my team up. Like, it's fun. Yeah. I-, I personally like being put in the spotlight for a little bit. Um, I think what I did was, like, a bit worse. Because I have told people that sometimes if you... Like, you, you have to look like you're winning. And I think it is, like, a response to, like, th- this whole fixation on winning. Where I was saying that um you always have to look like you're winning. Because if you don't look like you believe that you're winning, how can you expect a judge to believe that? you're winning also and i also said some things like even if you don't have a poi like look like look like you do have a poi and stand up anyway even though you don't have a poi just to psych out the opponent just so that the judge knows that you're in it to win it so like that so i i I I think that in some way I have perpetrated or contributed to this fixation and right now I'm not sure if I should be proud of that but I do know that they asked me to give them tips on how to win and I recognize that looking like you're winning is a big part of that. So I guess the way that I trained myself and trained other people sort of got influenced by this fixation that I also used to have on winning. Yeah, I think that a lot of the problems in the debate community and debating in general is because of the fixation to win. But this happens like anywhere, um, even outside, for example, of debate tournaments, even presidential debates, for example, or even online debates. I think that it brings out the worst in people because we tend to not ever end the conversation. It's a constant attempt to one-up each other. I think debating is sort of flawed in a way because the fixation to win means that we don't try to reach a resolution or concede to things. We just want to win every possible issue. And sometimes that's not strategic, both in terms of if you really wanted to win, sometimes you have to make concessions. But the goal of debate as a whole is to come to conclusions, to come to solutions. But our sport is literally just like showing your idea and hoping it wins. You're not really as collaborative as you expect debaters to be. Yeah, I agree. So I guess the second part is like how do we therefore judge or train judges? For me, I have a lot of feelings about this because my first few years in competitive debating, especially in college, were dedicated to judging. And I realized there's not a lot of judge training and there's not a lot of um, focus on the judge pool because a lot of people don't see judging as something you win, right? And therefore not worth giving time and dedication to. I think a recent complaint that I've seen on Twitter and have heard multiple tournaments before is that people just send their newbies as judges just to fulfill the N1 rule. So judges are seen as a means to an end, which is more teams, meaning more chances of winning. And I think that's flawed. I think judging in itself is something you need to dedicate a lot of time to. Yeah, um, because like if we value like debating insofar as like you have to win in order in order in order for it to be valuable, the same can't be applied to judging. Like I believe that like a possible reason why we don't like put so much of an emphasis on judging is because like if if you get to finals 
the judges aren't the ones who are winning, right? So the judges aren't the ones who are winning. We just sort of rate them, we give them scores for judging, and then they can only quote-unquote win if they get into the top 10. But debaters also get that. Yeah. So, uh... the, like, in terms of what judges can achieve, there's... It seems like, to me, there's less that they can win. There's less that they can achieve. I, I don't want to use the word achieve. It's more of like, there there are less things that they can win if they're, if they're judging. Yeah, or there's less quote-unquote pride that comes with their accomplishments, even if I think that debating or judging are equally as valuable. I think also it affects how we view judges in terms of it being a means to an end, such that people just change to judge so that they become better debaters. I say this because I have the ascendancy too, because I used to do that falsely. I think my bad mindset when I was starting was I treated judging as a means to learn how to win debates in the future. And that's why I eventually transitioned to debating. But I realized later in my judge career and early in my debate career that I don't think it was fair that I treated judging as just a stepping stone. I think career judges are amazing. We should give them more credit and we shouldn't just see them as people we have to impress so that we get the benefit of winning. Oh yeah, that, that's, an, that's an interesting point that we like good judges because they make us feel good about winning or make us feel good about not winning. So even if we treat judges nicely or we appreciate judges, it always goes back to the fixation on winning debates as debaters because they satisfy our fixation regardless of whether or not we win or lose. Okay, but that's assuming we don't actually see judging as something to win. How we train judges also gets affected. I think that we've been training them wrongly. For example, if we do believe that judging is something we win, we've been telling our judges how to kiss up the debaters, how to make debaters feel good, how to make sure that the losing team feels good about themselves. Yeah, the the compliment sandwich, right? The You give a compliment and then you give the criticism and then you end it with another compliment. Yeah, so I, I personally do that because I do see merit in a lot of the arguments that losing teams do, but I've noticed that some people just do it because their end goal is to get good scores. So the feedback they give to debaters isn't any more reflective of what the debaters need, but it's reflective of what the judge think is going to get them a high score. So even that ends up affecting how we judge. So I think both sides of judging and debating and the whole sport in general ends up becoming kind of flawed because of all of these attempts. But I'm not saying that the fixation of winning has not done anything good, of course. I think for debating, it has like made people strive more. I think if we didn't win, not a lot of people would be as competitive or as active in the debate circuit as they are now. Yeah. Um. So I, I think a balance here is like, what is the healthy way to treat winning such that you don't lose competition like you don't lose the competitive atmosphere but at the same time you don't become a douche right (laughs) or you don't do things that will be bad for your mental health or like derogate other people's value just because they don't win as much as would be acceptable for a successful career alright so perfect transition since we're talking about people who've been douches the third part is how winning and wanting to win has affected how we treat judges I think right now it's so sad that looking at the recent tabs so many judges get ones that I feel are undeserved or low scores that I feel like are like due to the fact of people's bitterness more than it is an actual criticism. So I think that the fixation on winning makes people inherently a little bit more selfish. Like they will grade judges low because they personally disagree and do not want to hear like the, these people's opinions or sometimes like the worst case, people get bitter and don't want to see these judges again because they believe that they can't ever impress them. Yeah. Um. I, I think 
um, because you're so fixated on winning and you already have this justification in your head as to why you should win, then any other explanation, any other way of seeing the debate, like, is more likely to be seen as invalid to you. And that's, that, that's a big problem because judges and their oral adjudications are more likely to be treated unfairly just because they don't cater to a person's, like, particular personal viewpoint on the debate. And, like, this is exactly the reason why in the judge feedback form, there is a there are certain questions that they ask um did you agree with the decision and do you agree with the justification because you could personally disagree with a decision but you could see why the justification could be like valid. valid yeah so like there's a reason why those two questions are separate from one another in the uh, there's a reason why those two questions are separate from one another in the feedback form i think it's also affected how we treat judges in terms of like encouraging them i think it's sad that judges are afraid of judging the top rooms now because they know they have a bigger chance of messing up or getting a low score because people in the top room are usually the ones who are most competitive. Oh yeah, that is that is extremely sad. I think that as a judge, I look forward to judging really good rooms because that's where I learn a lot. That's where I get to see really good debaters. That's where I get the like I get the privilege of being able to decide and weigh their ideas. But right now, I think that being put, for example, in a top room or even a bubble room becomes a curse. Yeah, no, I feel that. You I, feel I, it? I yeah. do feel that because I have been put in bubble rooms and like I, I feel like I wasn't properly appreciated because everyone just wanted to win. Yeah. So I, I was thinking like I did I, I did tell a judge before that if you're in a bubble room, the best thing to do would be to split. Yeah, I have told someone that. Oh no. And my, my justification Kyle. for that was that if you split, then you're not going to be offending the winning team because the winning team eventually won the debate anyway. So they're not gonna give you a low score because of that. But at the same time, the losing team similarly won't be offended because actually they're gonna like you because you're the only like panelist that gave them the win. And I, I feel like so conflicted about what I just said because it, it feels so duplicitous. Like it is so much more likely that because of that, if you're forced to be in a bubble room, you're going to affect the integrity of your decision just so that it is more likely that people will like you. So my caveat whenever I say this is like don't be afraid to make whatever don't be afraid to split either but it, it feels like for some the way that they interpret it and like through no fault of their own to be fair is that they should aim to split That's so that horrible. they can cater to like everyone in the round i'm like mm, okay, mm, fine okay so i think in general judges are also more affected than this by this fixation than debaters are i'm not saying it's not as bad for debaters anyway i think it also affects fourthly how we view other debaters i think the atmosphere as much as it's good and as much as I love everyone in the debate community because we're all progressive. Sometimes you can't help but have tensions with certain institutions or even certain debaters because you see them as competition as opposed to someone you can learn from. And I know healthy competition is good, but sometimes it can lead to people taking it personally or affecting, for example, friendships. I've seen a lot of friendships break down because they gave the other person a loss or because they don't agree with the same call. But in the end, I think personally, debating and debating with good people should not be seen as like just purely competitive but also something to learn from something educational I personally love being in the top room even if I mess up a lot it's because I leave the room having learned something from my opponent 
habits. And I think that that can be beneficial in two ways. Like, I think it improves my own mindset of the world and my debating. But also, because of the fixation of winning, I have... You can use it for future rounds. Yes, I have been able to use it for future rounds. But sometimes as well, it's become kind of bad because I sometimes deliberately watch people so I know how to beat them. Instead of learning from them, yeah, no, that's, that's I learn to, to defeat them. It's 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 so sad. And I, I hate admitting it, but that's just what debating has done, you know? But I think that's something that's common in a lot of sports, really. So like in boxing, they, they watch videos of their their upcoming opponents fighting others. It's like, oh, there's a tell here. That's true. Like how, yeah, and like sports in general. Like if, you, if you're a volleyball player, you, it is always recommended that you watch your like opponent in in one of their games. Yeah. But I guess like in, in, IQ. In, in debating, though, in specific, it, it, it becomes kind of sadder, in my opinion, because isn't it actively contradictory to what debating is supposed to be? Debating is supposed to be about learning more, about co- finding solutions for yeah. problems. But instead, aren't we actively trying to make more problems so that we have more things to win? I think it's sad. Mm, I understand. Um, So, th- the last thing that you want to talk about is um how this fixation affects how we treat ourselves. And this is where I think this is the most personal thing that re- we've ever talked about in this podcast. Yeah. Because um, it's... it's it, it hits really close to home. Um, So, I've personally been in eight grand finals. <laughs> and I've lost eight grand finals. I've won fewer grand finals than I've been in. And what usually happens after I lose is I spiral. I think that I, I doubt my worth. I end up, for example, wanting to quit debate. I end up questioning whether I'm still having fun. Which I feel like right now, since I, I'm in a good mood, was really, really stupid of me to think. But I can't help it. Because I've been taught how to win and people pressure you. Um, I mean, it's not anyone's fault. But naturally, in this community, if you're UPDA, for example, or any A team, or any team, actually, if you're competing and you have a shot winning and you're like, everyone has their eye on you, there is a lot of pressure you put on yourself unnecessarily. And it leads to people quitting early or taking long breaks or deliberately ending up hating the sport. Yeah. Um. Well, in my case, um, what happened to me was I- I've been debating for nearly a decade, yet I've never won a tournament. Well, partly because I haven't joined as many tournaments as as you have, but I've never won anything. And I used to be like extremely insecure about that fact. Like for the longest time, all I really wanted was to win a tournament, like any tournament. But I couldn't even get that. And I was like, man, am I even a good debater? Like, if I can't win anything? Yeah, Yeah, so I think for... For even your idols, you know, they, 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 they feel all these insecurities, all these anxieties because of this fixation. And I would also like to talk about people who aren't as successful. I mean, I don't personally think that I'm that successful, but people who aren't that successful, even in comparison to me, um, I have seen so many people who, because they don't win so much, they don't feel like even if they debate a lot that they're going to achieve anything. And as a result, they don't put in effort into training either so if you're in a debate society and you've always been in um the lower teams quote-unquote lower teams um I- i've seen so many instances where they sort of give up on trying to beat their top team and or like do better because they feel like oh we can just rely on like our more successful debaters yeah. who win more often and it's sad i think it's personally yeah. sad how i've seen it manifest in all levels regardless of skill i think the fixation of winning has just become rather crippling for others the solution here though is to change that i think um at first kyle and i were very destructive about about our wanting to win but we managed to change that upon our like third tournament because we realized like if we kept going we'd drown ourselves in alcohol eventually but we started enjoying debate even if we weren't winning because we decided that 
in our attempt to win, we're going to enjoy all the progress we've made getting there. So we created yeah. this hashtag and this mantra, like hashtag stronger than yesterday. And that's how we survive, even losing. We feel like we've already won because we've become better versions of debaters compared to yesterday. And I feel like that's one healthy way to go about the fixation of winning. Like use the winning to better yourself as opposed to treating winning as an end goal in itself. Yes, I agree. The, the reason why we, we started the hashtag stronger than yesterday thing was because we just ended up realizing that it was more worth it to have fun debating for the sake of debating and having fun there as opposed to like relying on things that you can't control so I think it's like a very positive message because regardless of all the lack of magic that you were given like the very bad hands that were like given to you there is always a way to find something positive in it that like you can be proud of yourself for giving a speech like this even if you might not win Um, you can spend an entire decade debating and you might not win any Thing, but because you know that you've become a much smarter person compared to your 11-year-old self when you started, then it's something that's good. Yeah. Uh, you are a winner even if you don't or win debates. Or, for example, if it's really bad, it's not bad to take a break. But I think it's good to reassess why you continue debating. If you're the type who just continues debating because you really desperately want to win, then I think it's about time to consider, you know, like breaking away from the sport. If it's no longer becoming healthy for yourself. I think I've reached that point multiple times, but I've always come back because I've taught myself to look for other things to look forward to. And I think that's one of the reasons why Kyle and I also started this podcast. We have accepted that we might not always win, but we might help others win. Or if not win, at least we want everyone to feel like winners because they're constantly learning something along the way. Yeah. Oh, I, I, feel, yeah, I, I feel like this I feel episode wholesome. is very How therapeutic. therapeutic. Yeah. Hey, hey. Okay, so I think the reason why we brought this up isn't just because of our personal qualms, but I personally feel that the debate community as a whole suffers because of this excessive fixation. I think there's a way to do it in moderation. I think winning is great. I think striving to win is amazing. But if you feel like it's damaging to yourself, others, and even your own teammates and your institution mate, then I think you should actively tone it down and reassess why you do this. If you can't find a reason to stay, then I think it might be better for you to take a break and maybe find another sport that will be less quote-unquote toxic for your life. I, I remember, I want to end it. I remember this saying from Ender from Ender's Game when he just won a war by killing so many people and then he was crying and then the general was asking him like what's your problem we won and then he said the way that we win matter the way that we win the way that we fixate on winning matters the way that we win in debates matter the way that we treat winning matters alright I think that's a good note to end on Um, I, I don't want this to be a downer episode I think this is just another episode to keep people in check another episode as well to talk and kind of rant about what we've been seeing and experiencing personally and I guess I hope everyone also remembers that how you win matters how you get there matters and if you're just treating winning like the only valuable thing in debate then you have to realize it's not that's it um, thanks for listening um, we'll hopefully have like we'll go back to teaching you how to win debates in the next episode yeah. <laughs> for now we're just gonna like, like give you a reality check that there's more to life than winning alright so that's it for this episode thank you so much for listening and for being patient with our erratic upload schedule we'll try to be as consistent as we can be no promises but we will actively try so that's it signing out um, I'm Nina thanks for listening I'm Kyle thanks for listening bye 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 <laughs>